Hi, this is Thomas DePoa. This is Max. This is Kevin Ham. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box. What are we talking about today? It's your topic. You start. This was not my topic. I believe that Max suggested this topic, or at least he asked me about it. Um, you had a question. I didn't about... ask you about it. I asked the entire Discord, and you were the only one who replied, which elevates you above. Uh, well, I'll Kevin. take that as a compliment. Yeah. So, <laughs> in the Delta Green Handler book, there is a section that gives a suggestion for how to make a Delta Green adventure, and it has a basic template. Like literally there's a template at the end of the book that you can use to help fill in the information. And it suggests different ways to arrange the scenario. Uh sort of find the page in the book. Three thirty three. The template is on three sixty three as well. Oh really? Yep. That's so much farther. It is a lot further. There's because I was looking at there's creating a, a campaign. Between. Yeah, there's a worksheet for outlining these yeah. steps at the back. I'm not gonna lie. I've never seen this. I've never looked at this because I, I never go past like the index. It's really useful. It also has like pages for monster stat blocks. Um, I've never really used that. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's cool. So there's like words about how to create it. Um, three thirty two, and then three sixty three has a thing you can print out if you wanted to jot jot things down. So that's really helpful. Right. Starting at page three thirty two is where they have the creating an operation. They give you a section about fear uncertainty and risk lack of control and i i think that stuck with me a lot when i first read through this because i try and like write scenarios where at least one or two of those things is always happening risk is probably the easiest one to to do because like an agent walks out the door they're automatically like in a more risky situation than if they hadn't gone on the opera at all well, we got a thin blue line to protect them it's more like a thin greenish grayish impossibly moving line Oh, I know we've talked about fear on the show. I feel like I've written some good scenarios and some bags of trash. I'm not going to lie, but I've never made a scenario that elicited fear. I don't, that's not something I know how to do, but I feel like some uncertainty and some risk is, is good. As long as the uncertainty is it on behalf of the players, is it behalf, on behalf of the characters, that's a fine line you got to walk. Yeah, I think that there's a nice balance between, you know, having enough clues to advance forward, but not having enough clues to, you know, be 100% about what you're about to face. Yeah. And I think, I think Max, you'll hopefully you'll back me up on this, but if the uncertainty is because the players don't know the layout of the geometry of the scenario, like the room they're in, that's not, that's bad uncertainty. If it's because they're not sure what they're up against, because they haven't figured it out yet, that's good. Yeah. If you make the players uncertain about just like the way that the, the fundamental laws of the game world function, then you're going to spend the entire game answering basic questions like, uh, oh, how many meters away from, from the wall am I? And, you know, uh, what model of car is it? Which, you know, I understand that people want to ev- inhabit an evocative fictional world, but the, you know, uncertainty just produces a constant demand for micro-level details that I find incredibly draining. Right, so the, the it's also, one of the reasons why I started doing the whole like pick your favorite or roll a d4 thing to just signal to players that something is unimportant and they need to stop doing it. But then I realized that with that, that I was actually sometimes 
cheating people out of stuff that might actually be useful because they would say, okay, how many meters from the, the wall was the body? And I'd say, okay, roll a D4. And they'd be like, oh, three meters. Well, that fucking torpedo is my theory. And I was like, well, wait, what was your theory? So now I've started asking, why do you want that information instead of just telling them to make some shit up because it doesn't matter? Because it may be that it actually does lead to something useful. Well, I think you want to you wanna identify the sources of interesting uncertainty and interesting risk and kind of pick a couple of places where to link those that the fact that you don't know something is itself a source of risk, that you don't know what the consequences might be, and you need to approach it very carefully. Yeah, I mean, the example from the book, just to try to stick to, a, stick to the book a little bit, is it's, it's really, it's really kind of crappy as a player when, when it's like, okay, I know Deep Worms have 15 hit points, so I want to shoot it with a shotgun and not the pistol. That's, that's the uncertainty you want to avoid. First of all, that's want, the wrong answer. Though. Like, yeah, I know. You want them to be like, oh, crap, I saw tentacles. I'm not sure what it is. It seemed to go through a wall. Ah, what, how do we fight this thing? What do we got to do? That's the kind of uncertainty you want to elicit. Right. Yeah. One it, thing that's good about... Go ahead. I was going to say, don't name it. Don't call it Deep Ones. You know, uh, you know, like you were saying, just describe what they've seen and let them come up with a name for themselves. One thing I like about the sample scenario in the book is that it doesn't, that they use, make using these rules is that it doesn't use an existing creature from the book. It uses something completely made up. And I think that there's a missed opportunity there because they have, they have a pretty interesting evocative uh, monster that they use in the, in the imaginary scenario, but they don't, basically there's no explanation ever given aside from being able to infer from the text of how it works, what its modus operandi is, which is important for scenario design. I understand that a lot of people think that like, oh, the math doesn't matter. And you know, why would you waste your time statting out the creature? You do that stuff because you need to know how it works so that you can design a fictional scenario around it that it doesn't have to be perfectly consistent, but it has to be consistent enough for the players to backtrace how what's happening so that they can actually have some hope of solving the mystery or interacting with it in a meaningful way. So that was missing from the advice given in the book. I think this is a good segue to the first step on the list where it tells you to come up with the hook and the hook is the weird supernatural event that draws Delta Green's attention. It's explicitly not the solution to the mystery around this thing. It's just the entry point for the players. Yeah. How, looks how like, have you been brought in? No, that's yeah. The, that's the nature of the operation. Um, I think, Tom, are you talking about step on the hook? Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Yeah, because you have to know, you, the writer, have to know exactly what they're going to be scoring up against, like, first and foremost. Like, and that's probably the most interesting part of the scenario is whatever the monster or the threat or the ritual or, or whatever it is that is, like, the most interesting part. So as you start with something mundane and add a creepy, overtly setting, unnatural twist that's interesting that their advice is to start the scenario with the hook and not start the scenario with like what's actually happening. That's a that's a very much the reverse of how I design things. Well, I think I mean I think they're closer than you think. Like they're not saying they're saying before you figure out because like step two is non-player characters, right? So before you want to get to who's the who the non-player characters, you got to figure out what's happening. And to figure out what's happening, you got to figure out what the what the unnatural or what the inciting incident is. You know, I, I call it the threat. Whenever yeah, I'm writing you know, stuff, Wendigos are robbing stagecoaches in the Wild West. Okay, that's your hook. It's also what is happening, but it's also the hook. I think they're a lot closer than because I don't think well, they specifically a, have a thing where it says write down what's happening. It all just kind of comes out. Well, that's the thing. Like by this definition, the hook. It's not 
Wendigos are attacking stagecoaches. It's that something is attacking stagecoaches and survivors of the attacks are turning into monsters or catching some horrible disease. Like it's a, it's a small difference, but it makes a big effect on how you're going to write out the rest of the scenario because you might not necessarily know that information at the start. So you, you might you might stumble on the idea of when it goes later, is what you're saying. Because it, 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 you're just going through, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like looking at all the different steps, there's never a step that... Like what, I think what Max is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is like in, when you write up a scenario, you need a place that says to the handler what's going on so they know the context. And this guide on how to write scenarios never never tells you to create that. I'm going with the assumption that so th- this is some this is a, a something that was posted on Alexandrian I think about how the very early editions of D&D had explicit procedural rules for how to create a dungeon and the later editions don't because they assume you just start to know how to do that and I think it's cool that Delta Green has explicit procedural rules or maybe not even procedural rules just regular rules because it they're not really mechanics tied to any of this of how to create the scenario but I think that if you're going to do that you need to go all the way and say it's important that you figure out you know what the threat is and specifically how it functions not in an explicit detail but enough detail that the players can reverse engineer it from the clues that they're given because that's that to me is is the part that is the, the most people str- most people are, most people struggle with it's not difficult to write a cool evocative hook although I often do find two times find it, that I get in trouble there for reasons that we can discuss later but the part for me that that I struggle with and I, I know I've seen so many other people struggle with including published Delta Green adventures is how do I work out what's happening with enough detail that I can create clues that connect A to B? Yeah. So I don't know. If, well, well, we'll get through. I'm not, I'm not sure if this guide ever tells you to do that, but so they're saying start with the hook, you know, and setting incident, not necessarily what's happening. Just, you know, so use the Wendigo train, Wendigo stagecoach robbery example. You wouldn't know that it Wendigos. You'd just be like, something is robbing, you know, tra- stagecoaches are disappearing on the stretch of, stretch of road, et cetera. And then maybe you want to include something like, you know, all the stagecoaches, you know, have some sort of a natural twist. You, you, know. you need to have like a reason for Delta Green to even be involved yeah. at all. Because otherwise, you know, th- this just sounds like a regular crime for the regular police to investigate. Yeah, so like, you know, March Technologies uses half of these coaches to transport, you know, artifacts, and only those are the ones that are disappearing. Sprinkle some artifacts on it. So you've got a hook. You you know what the inciting is and bring yourself the green in is next. So step two here uh, is to figure out who your non-player characters are going to be. You know who who's involved. You know who might be briefing him. Who might be involved in the who might, who might be able to give clues and then to flesh them out in in some way. I think NPCs are a very important part of a lot of operations, and that is the part that's hardest for me to write. Um, I have trouble like uh, fleshing people out more so with uh, personalities that vary from mine. Like it's hard for me to, you know, it's not like difficult or impossible. I'm saying that I know I have problems with it, and I'm sure other people do. Of like uh, making NPCs that are interesting, making NPCs that are helpful making NPCs that are antagonists and like when to put whom where. So I think the advice they give, and this is, I think we've already found some places where my advice may differ from the handler's guy, but this I kind of agree with. I don't necessarily know you need to flush out their personality. You just want to give them some motivations, some basic descriptive text. Like for example, the example they give is a registered nurse, white, female, age 41. She discovered the body. She's innocent, horrified by the ordeal and wants to help. And that gives the handler enough that you know she may not it gives her it gives some gives the handler some ideas on how to run her, what her goals are, 
and how to maybe play her off as horrified, but try to be helpful, that kind of thing. So I'm not sure you need to make them so in detail that they become like you. Those words. I find sometimes putting a little uh, dialogue in there also helps, like to kind of imagine what sort of voice they speak in. Could be helpful if there's somebody that has like a, a drawl or a different cadence or, you know, if you make their dialogue really terse and that's kind of how, maybe that's how they are, that kind of thing. So that could be helpful. I think more, I think more important than that is like, what are their motivations and why are they doing, like, why did you involve them in this, in the writing? So, I mean, I don't want to beat up the handlers guy too much because I think, I think overall this is a de- decent way to do it. I just feel like NPCs are going to get fleshed out on their own. Like I wouldn't, it would be really hard for me to follow this exact step one, two, three process and write a scenario personally, but I want to kind of take it to its conclusion and see where it ends up. I think that subconsciously I follow a lot of these steps. I just don't like, you know, like you might move one step around or like put one before the other, but this, these are pretty solid, like uh, pieces of advice. What's next? Yeah. I mean, I, I might phrase it more like, here's a checklist, have a hook, have NPCs rather than steps, but that's the here or there. Um, there is a little blurb about like, if, if it's if it's tough to come up with a hook, if you find yourself at an impasse, try the internet. Look for ingredients and weird news stories and add a dash of the unnatural, which is something I rail against constantly. So I think that's just super lazy, unless you come up with something really good. Kevin, just all of your scenarios are mundane adventures sprinkled with artifacts. That's like literally true. every single one of yours I've played is like that. Uh, artifact and Zero. Zero. Uh, Stop Repo is like that. It's Stop mundane. Repo is like that, but the artifacts aren't the, the key. Um, the uh, Hard Candy is like that. Hard Candy is not like that. It is for sure. It is artifact. It is, you, you sprinkle. It's sprinkled with artifacts, sprinkled with crack. But there's only one artifact, and you don't find it until the end, and it's not that. Yeah, amazing. it's a mon- it's a mundane drug smuggling adventure with an artifact at the end. And then uh, the one where the what the escape from Tarkov one was escape from Tarkov sprinkled with artifacts. There also was only. I mean, look, sprinkling with artifacts is different than having an artifact at the end of a scenario. <laughs> you sprinkle it with an artifact. Anyway, I think that's fine. Just. A little, Kevin, they're, they're suggesting that you should have a mundane scenario with one unnatural object in it, which is exactly what you've been doing for the last three years. That's very yeah. funny. I mean, that's typically how I run Delta Green. Yeah, and that's how they say you should run Delta Green. All right, so step three is leads. So figure out the different leads and you know w- what actions the players have to take to discover that lead or that clue. So this is really the meat of the scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's the way it's phrasing it here in the book is part of the example that it gives. It, it, the, they say leads, but it sounds more like scenes or encounters to me. I think of it as being the clues that lead to a new scene or encounter. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, but people say it all the time about Gumshoe, but Gumshoe is a system that's designed to propel players from one scene to the next. And that's kind of true for like just basically any like mundane-ish investigation. Yeah, I think the way it's framed here, where a clue is a specific thing you're trying to find in the scene, lead is just like, this is the bridge to move you from one scene or encounter to the next one. It also tells you to define like what actions the agents have to take to discover the lead. Uh, if it takes like a particular skill, if it takes asking the right kind of question, if it makes doing the, like a certain action. And I, I don't know about that. I like to have like multiple ways to move things forward. Um, I don't know that it should necessarily be locked behind like one specific skill or action, but that, there's nothing wrong with that. If it is, you know, that way, I think that's fine. It's just not something I think I like to do. So there's kind of a vague, there's kind of a vague adoption of the three clue rule in here. And that it says that if a lead is necessary to move the adventure forward, then 
you should put a couple of different places where the players can find the same information, a couple of different ways to get to it. I think it's worth noting that they say that, but then they give three examples, none of which require a specific skill. So I think the way they've written it is good. Uh, I'll just read an example and then talk about it. But you know, the the, the stranditor, uh, the guy, the the body of the dead person in this fake scenario that they're creating, you know, talks about when he was found, how he was found, ligature marks, fingerprints lifted, you know. Uh, so you could certainly you could use forensics on that. You could use maybe computer to, to get through like surveillance footage, that kind of thing. They don't list out the three skills you can use, but it gives you as a handler if the player says, "I want to use forensics." All right, well, you're going to get fingerprints and you know talk about his neck and things like that. So that that's a better way of writing it than just like, okay, if you have forensics twelve you know 25 you get this so once you have some leads um then they say you come, should come up with some you know the true a few dead ends that don't help the agent solve the mystery if the players know every source of information is valuable there's less suspense which i agree with i just don't know that i would create any of these out of whole cloth i think players are going to players are going to red herring on everything you say anyway they're going to come up against clues that don't matter i'm not sure you need to spend time creating them unless you have one that's really clever but maybe my counterpoint to that would be if you create a designed red herring or dead end, then that might be able to focus player attention onto something you were prepared for rather than just allowing them to go on a wild goose chase and you have to struggle to try to bring it back on track. Yeah, I think dead ends are the kind of things where like if you if you have time and the scenario is, you know, 80% done, you want to just add some finishing touches. Yeah, you know, sketch out a few of these, sketch out a couple more NPCs, a couple more leads. But I wouldn't, if you're like, ah, oh, I can't go up with any dead ends. All right, then you don't need any. Like, move on. Sometimes red herrings are uh, like a distraction and they can take away from the scenario rather than enhance it. But it sounds like the the ones that they give for the uh, this, this example that they're making up are actually kind of interesting because it tells you, you know, there's a, a third man in the stairwell and then like one of the NPCs that they listed has like the fact that she's stealing drugs from this hospital that this person was in. And so like you could have like an exciting little chase, you know, figuring out who this person was and then find out that like it's just a nurse that's stealing ketamine or something. Yeah. And that's nice because that gives the agents a chance to overstep and like kind of get the PB slapped a little bit because agents might go full build to green on this person. And that oh god yeah drawing down guns on them and you know get yeah them, yeah so one one of the problems with uh putting stuff in the scenario that's not like super super related to the investigation is that if the players want to interrogate somebody we've had we've had this discussion before usually an in interrogation like even if they have a single question to ask an NPC it's very often like all right we're gonna we need to stop them from running away because otherwise they can just stop answering their questions whenever they want so we're gonna black bag them. When they when we find out they don't know know anything, that's a sign that we need to start hitting them. When we find out they when they they still don't know anything, we need to start injecting them with truth drugs. And uh, you know maybe we just failed the persuade role, so we need to keep doing it and ask the same question over and over again while hitting them and treat the them not giving an answer at the time as a sign that the GM is holding out on us. There's a reason why I don't put interrogations in my scenarios anymore if I can help it. Don't let them know you they failed the persuade role. That's one of those like roles that I always talk about you should do in secret. But um yeah, I, I get the sentiment though. Okay, Jake, if you don't let them know that they that they with the result on it, they're gonna assume they failed and they just need to try harder. Okay. Then make them roll sanity for like torturing this poor innocent. Well I, I should say I should say innocent, but you don't need to roll sanity for torture. Yeah, yeah I mean the, the whole point of it is that agents are monsters sometimes, right? Let them, agents let them are monsters because it. they waste the entire scenario on the first NPC they encounter. 
Yeah, it's it's very metagamey because uh, the players are monsters and so are their agents. Remember at the beginning when I was saying that there were certain things in Delta Green that just made me feel completely drained at the end of the, se- the session? Players like that are all pretty high on the list. Yeah, it also might just be like a shortcoming that you didn't communicate enough that this is probably mundane. All right, so step five, after you've created some dead ends, uh, they, they say to create some creepy moments, some, you know, memorable, evocative moments. These are almost like, not necessarily set pieces, they're almost, they're almost more like scenes. These are some of my most fun, like the most fun things to design in Delta Green. I, I remember um, like one of the first Delta Green things that I ever wrote was Black Winter. And I really capitalized on this section for Black Winter. Because Tom, I think you played in that one a couple of years ago where the the creepy moment, like my favorite creepy moment of it was when the the Deep Ones use a ritual on the player characters and they throw their weapons overboard off of the boat that they're in, in the freezing water. That was good. That was really weird. Yeah, it's it's like you just thought it was a good idea. And that's all. That's the only explanation I gave. Like they, they failed their role. If they threw it in and they thought it was a good idea. And then it creates like a little tension and like creepiness for the, the players to have to deal with. I think like creepy moments are like one of my favorite things to design about Delta Green. Uh, what are some other like good ones you guys can think of? I don't know if it's necessarily a creepy moment. Uh, maybe um, there's a scenario that that I uh, have, I guess, taken ownership of called Cabin in the Woods. Um, and all of the players have all the pregens have like things they remember. And at some point during which are presented as facts. And uh, at some point during the scenario, they start to realize that they don't all line up. Like their memory of events is different. And that creates some tension when there's like, you get a heated debate about what happened in history that two players both think they're right on. So that's fun. That always comes, you know, usually ends in a gunfight by design. That's pretty good. I like, um, Max is one that you wrote about the uh, uh, just another sucker on the vine where, you know, the agents play through the thing and then they realize, you know, like you, you, the next scene is like you wake up and well, first of all, they die or they typically die in the shootout. And then like you say, you know, you wake up at home and your phone's ringing. And then like the creepy moment is that they realize that like when, when they find their own dead bodies. Yes, because they were clones. Yeah, that's like super creepy. I love, I love these, you know, little creepy moments. All right, what, what's the next step? Step six, events. So this is, I think, a timeline for the scenario, how the situation evolves as the investigation goes on. Do you think this kind of ties into? Well, no, never mind. I think looking ahead, it looks like that might be the next step, but it kind of ties into this step events. So I'm thinking about um, Operation Fulminate. The other. Uh, Sentinels of Twilight, the thing that's in the Handler's Guide. Um, they have like things you can do to speed the scenario up and slow the scenario down. Um, and like those might be like introduce like another copy of this character, or you know this thing happens. Uh, are those events like kind of similar to the design philosophy here and this advice they're giving? They're similar. The way they're described make them really similar. So let me just explain. Step seven is trouble and interruptions. And yeah, I, I think, think those two are pretty closely intertwined. I think they're closely intertwined, but I think step six is supposed to be like an actual timeline for the scenario where this is going to happen after X amount of time, no matter what. And then the other one was step seven and the ones in Fulminate, those are more like what's called bangs around the internet, which is, it's kind of an optional event that the GM can bring in to keep things interesting. And they're okay. more like reactive because they're going to, the events are going to happen regardless. 
but the troubles and interruptions might happen as a as a result of something the players have done or not done. It sounds like they're trying to um, with step six events. They want you to put some bookends on the scenario, like you know, if by the time four days passes by, the agents haven't you know found the Wendigos robbing the carriage, uh, they're gonna the Wendigo God comes or you know whatever. Like there's there's a finite amount of time, and that's what the events are trying to frame. That's where I really want to talk about. A missile, which is a tool used in exercise creation, but uh, we don't have time to get into that. Um, how much time do you need? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's an after-show topic. Talk to me about exercise design. Because okay. exercise design does have some similarities with scenario design. I'm, I'm interested in hearing about that. So there, Now that I'm more thinking about it, there are a lot of parallels, and some of the funnest parts of exercise design is writing the horrifying scenario that accompanies it. Didn't you do the thing where you made, like one of the uh, players in the exercise like kill their own kid or something? Um, uh, yeah, I, that was less of an exercise and more like training, which is a little different. But yeah, I've, I got a cop to shoot his own son with a fake round. Uh, his innocent son with like a, you know, fake bullet. And that was, uh, I really drove home, know who you're, what you're shooting at. Kevin, if he was innocent, why did he get shot? He had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a gun of the the actor shooter who killed himself, and he was bringing it to the police because you know that's what you do. You, Kids are dumb like that. Yeah, you should you want to go find the police and have them help you? And so when he turned the corner holding a gun, his his dad blew him away instantly. See, that sounds like a bang or a, a step seven trouble it, and it interruption. Sound, it sounded like a bang when he yeah exactly. <laughs> so if you'll recall, Kevin, I did um, have this this as a as a something in the background earlier that I never finished, but I did ask you about this because I know you told, you talked about this, this training that you went to uh, where the scenario is that there's one of those, um, you know, like stress threat response trainings where they try to make police better at shoot, no shoot through by putting them in like assorted situations. But the trick is that actually the training is trying to condition all the, all the participants to kill a specific person. I bet. The first time they see them but the problem was that i could not find a way to make that interesting from a gameplay perspective yeah you would need that'd be tough to actually gamify unless you could actually like show the, the player's video and have them make decisions that could be kind of fun because then you could actually get them to do it you oh, could, those are fun. You could run like 20 videos for the for the agents and then get them to be like faster and faster at it and then kill the wrong guy what are those called the ones with the video screens and the i've done uh, them a couple I mean, times we had a name for it. It was the judgmental pistol course in the Coast Guard. There's like a name for that system, but we always we always called it JPC. Hang on, I'm about to Google this real fast. And you could so you could gamify the the actual scenario, like you gamify like having them run through the course and like keep shooting, you know, the Hispanic guy and, also, and you know with with mustache. And that's your real target. But I don't know how you would then get them to really do it. You could oh, you know, this would be great for a Delta Green LARP. This well, would work as a LARP for sure. I think that. As a, it really only works as a, it would work as a solo scenario. Yeah, or like a series. Like you need to do it individually for each agent, and then one of them would be the, would be a shooter. But also, like, why would the agents be in the training in the first place? Well, that's pretty standard, like standard law enforcement training. So that that's easy. Well, okay, but like it's standard law enforcement training, but but they're using the standard law enforcement training to train the police. To, I guess no training the police would be good because like if you know a, a normal guy shoots. Um, shoot someone it gets investigated as a crime whereas if a police officer shoots shoot someone like they might get yeah, investigated right. as a crime yeah. but it's mostly investigated as like a, a procedural matter yeah so i think i think you'd have to do it as a larp which would be 
incredibly good but incredibly time consuming. So anyway, step step eight is the resolution. Step step eight is kind of like what happened. What you know. What is the source of, your, of the infection? Is it vampires? What's the, is it a complex hoax? Figure that out. Which I mean, I feel it's like more like step one, but yeah. I, see, I see the way they're doing this. And I think it's I see the merit of what you're saying about it being like being better served as a checklist instead of as like a ladder. Yeah, yeah. No. If it's a I ladder, think, it's one of those foldy ones. That you like, can you can fail to lock and fall in on yourself? Oh, should like to have a word with you. I'm sorry, Tom. I know we, every time you start to talk, someone else starts to talk. God damn time. it. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I feel like by the time you reach step eight, you probably have to go back and like revisit step two to make sure that it fits with your NPCs. And then maybe you're going through all the other steps again just to make sure now everything still fits. Got to go through the loop multiple times and like check yourself to make sure you haven't contradicted yourself. Right, just to make sure it all kind of coheres and it's not just like bouncing around in a weird way that all the clues actually make sense yeah like i think that defining the threat at the very beginning is important and here they tell you to define the threat at the end and i don't know exactly how that changes the way you write things because like you were saying you know you might end up circling back around i think that you should do steps one and steps eight at the same time at the beginning well i feel like if it's just going to be a monster of the week type thing where oh it's wendigo's yeah, you can just get that done in step two when you figure out, okay, this NPC is staring into a Wendigo and here are are regular Wendigo stats. And then you can kind of gloss over step eight by the time you get to it. But if it's like, if it's something like a majestic conspiracy or something like that, a little more twisty, then maybe you need to go back and sort of refit everything to the new resolution you have. It's more of a back and forth. It's almost like adding a whole new layer. In a way, yeah, because like, you might not actually know, or you might change your mind halfway through and come up with a better idea for what's actually going on. Like it sounds like, like you can go down a whole a whole other rabbit hole if you introduce like a whole other conspiracy to the end of it, which is good because then you could just take that and uh, start writing the next scenario with it, make a campaign out of it. Yeah, it might be a good leaping off point for the next one, rather than just like work for this one. I think that step nine. The next step is one that a lot of people tend to gloss over or ignore because it's already been four hours and everyone's got to go home. Uh, step nine is the cover-up. I think step nine is glossed over because in a lot of cases it just doesn't matter. So if you can make a cover-up matter or make, then make the players need to actually do it, that's awesome. But too many times there's just no, it's not going to matter. Remember, like elsewhere in the handler's guide, it, it asks you, you know, if the unnatural is real, then how come it hasn't been discovered by everybody yet? And how come there aren't, you know, like uh, bikies on YouTube and this, that, and the other? And part of that is because Delta Green has like a vast apparatus that employs, you know, trolls and counter trolls to start arguments on the internet to discredit, you know, video evidence of the unnatural, or uh, they might like, you know, go in and delete things or like the, the the program has like a vast apparatus for helping and aiding like the unnatural being hidden which is you know like digital proof online i think that maybe like step nine is supposed to be like more like physical in person like if you can get this person to shut up about this and never talk about it good for you if not you know who cares they're just a crazy person and they're gonna do crazy person things i mean so step nine always comes i mean this is an argument i have we've had on the show before but you know uh, what steps will the agents take to explain everything so that nobody else investigates it? Who cares? Uh, how far will they go to obscure any crimes they committed? Again, 
like if the agents have committed a crime in solving this mystery, as long as the mystery is solved, like no more unnatural things are going to pop up. The agents are just going to leave. The police will never close the case, but they have other shit to deal with. It just won't, it won't matter if yeah. they've committed arson in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, it won't matter if they committed arson on the way to stopping the threat. The threat is stopped. No more natural stuff. That happens. might matter. But um, I was thinking, did you did you bring up victim in the art? Because that that one is one that I see lots of people like say, oh, how do we come up with a mundane explanation for that crime? And you kind of don't have to because the bayaki literally dissolves once you kill it, and there's like no way that anyone would ever figure out it was an unnatural creature that committed the killings. So once the monster's dead, it dissolves. The amulet is now just a piece of junk. So like you don't need to come up with a mundane explanation because no one will ever find out it was a monster. Yeah. People murder, people get killed all the time. Like, not, like if you, if you, the on. agents go around committing arson, they might find that out. But if you just get, if you kill the monster, they're never going to find out that it was a monster that did it. As long as like, there's no physical evidence. See, I like leaving things behind that. I know that agents are going to have to clean up like, uh, like the gate that was in the back room of the boarding house that leads to the dreamlands. And if you try to tear down the building, the gate miraculously is still standing. In fact, it'll break down the heavy equipment that try to destroy the gate. They will break before the gate does. So like they need to figure out what to do with this thing. And now they've got construction workers involved because this thing is still standing. Or, you know, if they tried to burn the apartment down, now this thing is still standing and the firefighters are scratching their head for like why this didn't burn down. That's like I think that might be like uh it, it really doesn't fit anywhere on the spectrum of these like steps that they give you here. Um, in fact, that might be like more in line with uh, trouble and interruptions, just like another thing that they have to deal with. But that is yeah. also something that you have to cover up. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you can create a reason for there to be a cover up, that's a nice thing that the agents have to tie a bow on. There are just too many scenarios that don't where that doesn't matter. I think that if you have any NPCs that are like law enforcement, a lot of law enforcement people like to see things through all the way to the end. So they might be naturally curious. And that's a pretty common thing that you'll have to cover up and explain away. But like nine times out of 10, the players will just be like, well, let's bring this guy on to the program. And well, also, like the, if like say they're investigating, you know, Wendigo stagecoach robberies and you've killed all the Wendigos, they're never going to find there's just, just going to be a cold case forever. It doesn't like, great. Have have fun. Oh, this man yeah, that, says he saw true. the dead come to life. Well, that's ridiculous. The dead don't come to life. And I, so he's a witness to something that does, that has no proof it happened. Like, all right, great. Nice. It's not going to affect. He's not going to blow the program wide open with that. He's just going to be another crazy person. Like, uh, like dead police officers are like a big threat of like for, for your agents, because that's something that the police are absolutely going to investigate into like the ends of the earth. And that's one of the examples that the book gives you here uh, about a complication that has to be covered up at the end. Yeah, so that's that's a good one where like if if you're if in the course of your gameplay your agents have caused like the local PD to get you know to get killed, local police officers to get killed, then that they're gonna have to come up with an explanation for. That may just be as easy as like putting a drop piece on one of the dead bodies and being like, well, here's what happened. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, I like the idea. Of, I, I like having agents have to cover things up. I just want to make sure the agents can't rightfully say who cares. If they can say who cares, there's no need to do yeah, it. Then the, the Give them a reason to do important. it. If, if, if the answer to uh, what happens if this goes, uh, you know, if we don't, if we don't mess with this, if this goes and if the answer is who cares, then like you could just omit it from the scenario and it really wouldn't change anything. But the guy will post a video, a granny ass video of a bike on YouTube. Cool. Well, we have 
the Captain Disillusion who will just post a video breaking down the VFX used to create it. Next. I've seen enough shops in my time to know that. <laughs> you can tell by the pixels. Yeah. It's an older meme, but it checks out, sir. So, so I mean, I, I obviously had my issues with this list. I think it should be a checklist more than a thing. But I, I do. It's not how I write scenarios. And again, I, I've created what I feel are good scenarios. And I've created bags of trash. So I think it would be fun to try this as a more rigid system and see what comes out of it. And I think if you are new to this, it's certainly a great place to start. And But don't don't feel like if you are stuck on step one, you can't progress. Just use it as more of a guide and see, see what you come up with. If there's any listeners that, you know, have used this, I want to hear about it. They could, you know, tweet at us or holler at us on the server. Um, I, want, I want to hear about it because I want to know... Um, I think a lot of like people that write scenarios or you know more like veteran scenario authors that kind of internalize a lot of this stuff and they might do it you know even subconsciously not step by step but more as like a list like what you're describing Kevin overall it's pretty good advice though it's certainly thorough and complete So I thought it might be interesting to, because, you know, in that session, we all talked about how we've been doing it because we've been writing scenarios forever and we have our own little ways of internalizing it. But we thought maybe just as an example and maybe a fun way to see if we can learn anything uh, or if we're just old dogs here, we'll take a hook somebody gives us uh, and kind of follow the steps by the book. So we're going to give it a shot and see if anything comes out of it. What the hook going to be? So the hook, so I, uh, thank you to our to our pa- Patreons. I'm, I made a very last minute post and got a couple suggestions. And the one that I think will work is the Dream Syndicate's forums have lit up with reports of visual distortions during and strange dreams following a New York Fashion Week show. So that's uh, the labyrinth. The yeah, so the labyrinth. You, yeah, Dream Syndicate is those online forums people that have like shared dreaming experiences. Um, and I think the way it's written that they've both dreamed these visual distortions and there's also been some visual distortions reported during the show uh, in New York City. Okay, so that's our hook. Visual distortions during and strange dreams after. Yeah. So we don't have to, uh, if we're going like by what the book is telling us, we don't have to necessarily have an explanation for it yet. We don't have to have the central mystery. So this is step one. Step one's already been done for us by the the patron. Okay, so next uh, is step two NPCs. Yeah, so what kind of NPCs are we going to need, in theory, for this scenario? Um, you're going to need a, a model, if it's a Fashion Week show. Uh, a model, a designer, um, like a manager, maybe. You need reporters. A reporter. So I think you guys are um, thinking a bit too small, although I understand we need to keep this contained for the purposes of scenario development. But when I hear a fashion show, I think there's got to be like six models and they all got to have their own unique theme and stuff that's fucked up about them because part of the fun part of designing a scenario is designing like the the you know like nine robot masters or whatever so i'm thinking there should also be like an influencer or some kind of instagram person yes. who is yeah. kind of who isn't necessarily supposed to be there is kind of sneaking around being less being more conspicuous than they think they are so is this like a serious fashion person or is it like an eric andre type character where they like go like in a, like an and they like, like like pull the curtains down or some shit. I don't think it do a bit. I don't think it's a meme. I think it's someone who's genuinely interested but is perhaps too full of themselves. But those those people that go to like hotel resorts and they're like, "You should let me stay at your hotel resort for free because I'm an influencer and I'll post about it on my Instagram and it'll get you business." 
And then like the hotel owner like laughs them out of the business. Yeah, something like that. How, how about instead of reporters, um, or maybe along with reporters, um, uh, photographers, because then you have a better chance of whatever is happening captured uh, in the like captured on a film or on video. Which that's are, good, which, and they, they don't want to give their they don't want to give yeah. their camera up because they think they'll lose the scoop or whatever. Like uh, maybe they're trying to sell it, or they don't want to lose the scoop. So let's. We don't need to come up with eight, with every little bit about these about these folks. This is more just an exercise. But what are some um, some either facts about these people or you know something evocative about these uh, NPCs we might want to include here? And you know, going back to the examples, um, some of these might include like if we want to include like a member of the Dream Syndicate as like a point of contact, that might be a good NPC or a, a way for the agents to be involved, perhaps. So wh- why don't we say the the phot- reporter or photographer has has some sort of evidence that, or thinks they have evidence of something happening? You know what needs to happen is to avoid the player spending three hundred years planning on how to get inside. They got to have tickets to this event. So that's like provided to them. Yeah. So Del- Delta Green sent like a super elite, you know, Trojan worm piece of software to Ticketmaster and caused it to give them the best seats in the house or some shit, so that they got yeah. hypothetically get access to any area they want, so that they can spend the scenario doing weird and wacky things and not arguing for half an hour about how to walk through a door. I, I think this takes place after the fashion. Oh wait. After a show, okay, so Fashion Week is still going on then. Like the Monday, like something happens on a Monday and it's... Wait, like okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading a completely different prompt than you guys because when I read that they have reports of this stuff following a fashion show, I thought they meant they were dreaming that the stuff happened after the fashion show, but the fashion show hadn't happened yet. I think the dreams are on the forum probably after... Well, they do well, have they like... Be, they do have like... either. Mission dreams. It could, yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm envisioning kind of a fashion week type thing where the show is over multiple days and then right. the dreams start occurring after the first day, but before it's over. So like the Monday, like an event happens on a Monday or a Tuesday. And then like maybe by Wednesday is when the players arrive. I think it works. So then there's this premonition style, but also it gives us a chance to have some people have seen some stuff or some things have happened. All right. So we got some NPCs. I, th- I think, I think we'll find as we go through that there's going to be like things like we'll find leads and stuff and maybe we can throw those onto models because that might be a, that'll be a fun interaction because we can give the models as Max said like different ridiculous different character traits and have them interact in different ways. What about a uh, local member? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what movie it was, but like what about like a straight a straight man police officer who's just trying to like take care of a really mundane thing and he's, he's gotten totally sidetracked by both the agents who are causing, who are, I'm sure are going to cause problems, but also like this, you know, ridiculous occult nonsense that he wouldn't believe in at all anyway. See, I was thinking that men, maybe they tie together, like the manager just wants to keep the show going on and he wants people to stop talking about whatever this bullshit is. So like yeah, maybe yeah. there's the manager and like his right hand man is like a security person there. Oh, he's an ex-cop. So if the agent's trying to think too crazy, he'll just call his old NYPD buddies and, Get get them uh, and get bribe them, up. bribe them to get you know the rough up or to take control, try and push the agents out, something like that. I like it. All right, so obviously you know if we we're going to spend a lot more time on this, we you know come up with character, we script character descriptions and names. But for now, having just some general traits about them gives us a kind of way to move forward. And uh, 
I think we're going to try to go in order, but if we have to jump back, which we already did for the hook, you know, so be it. We'll try to keep it pretty pretty linear, but it's going to get non-Euclidean pretty fast. So leads, right? The, those chains that uh, reach from the hook into the world, the things that you leave behind. So like things that leave behind evidence, things that connect the hook to an NPC. Um, I think uh, we, we have an obvious things. one already. Yeah. With the, which is the dream syndicate forums can can provide can provide things and because we're given like a week to play or three or four days to play with we have if the players are stuck those leads can get better if we're tying this to the dream syndicates there should be something specific on the forum posts that tip off the agents like maybe there's something suspicious in a picture that gets posted yeah so uh the the person who gave us this idea um also wrote that program analysts think it's worth looking into and the agents are activated, but I feel like that's goes without saying. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, there would be a scenario if that didn't happen. But what's nice about the dreams is like it, they can be kind of vague early, and if the players get stuck, like the next day, there, there can be like more vivid dreams can get posted, and they can give the players more hints. So that's almost like Here's a an idea. lead, which is nice. So what if, since it's a fashion show, one of the dreams describes a person in a specific outfit, and then in the picture you might see someone with that outfit but then it turns out it's one of the outfits that's on display so you have to try and track the movements of this one piece of clothing maybe yeah so a, so a particular piece of clothing could could be part of a lead like that now we haven't really just call, call it a dress uh we haven't really decided what we haven't decided what's happening and that can happen later but um these are visual distortions so one lead i think can be the can be the photographic evidence captured by the reporter. So that's like uh, it, it's on someone's camera. Then maybe, yeah. Um, maybe I want. Is there is there anything to this idea? And if there's not, feel free to tell me. Tell me no. But maybe it's only captured on some some cameras. I know like some cell phones, like some DSLR cameras or video cameras, capture at different frame rates. Or maybe it's only captured at a certain frame rate. Whereas it's not captured on other video. Like so, like cell phones don't capture it, but. Like oh, it has to be TV a high enough definition. Does. Like uh, it only gets picked up on like a 4K camera, but like not your iPhone. Or, or even the, or even like, is it? Would, would it make sense to go the other way, where it's only captured oh. on like older, like the maybe the only things in the in the show that record this are like they have crappy like CCTVs, you know, at like 12 frames a second. Maybe that's all, maybe that's all that captures it. If it's a CCTV, then how uh, how does like the photographer post it on the internet or whatever, or how does it get on the internet? Because if the CCTV should be secure, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess leak, yeah. leaks happen. If it's, yeah, it could be leaked. If we want it to be like low tech, then maybe it's like the one photographer who still is using a film camera. They're oh, the ones yeah. who see the dinosaur. They're using a Polaroid because it's so gauche. So it, it doesn't make more sense to have this only captured on old technology or only captured on cutting edge technology is there a is there a reason to go either way well the reason to go either way is because it's selective and who sees it well right yes is there a reason to go a specific way as i'm saying i think we'd kind of want to at this point figure out something of what the distortion is to see which one would be more logical so it does it have to be a visual distortion or can it be something like more interesting like what's the visual distortion is it like pictures you can hear uh, maybe it's getting worse and maybe it's Maybe what starts is like a very vague, you know, shape is starting to come and become more, um, become, you know, more realistic, more realistic. And, you know, the concern or the, or the ultimate end game is that it actually materializes in some form. Yeah. So I like that. And you come in halfway, you come in like halfway through the process. Yeah. So you can look at the old evidence and see what's happening and then try to see, try to extrapolate out from there. 
And, like if um, we're skipping ahead, that should probably also be something that gets detailed on one of the later uh, steps too. Yeah, that sounds like the like the really a really dangerous like almost like a failed state or a creepy moment. Yeah, yeah. So what are some other potential leads? I think Max, I think you're on the right track. We need to we need to figure out a way to, out of what we need to figure out a way to make this more interesting. But uh, what are some other leads? Is anybody like getting killed? Is anybody getting injured or? Imagine there's a lot of like heavy drug use, like at the Fashion Week. That, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of similar to the example in the book, though, about the the lady who's stealing drugs from the hospital. Yeah, but it, it that actually is a dead not, end there. Not untrue. And it's actually right. a dead. Maybe that should be a dead end. So let's so let's leave leads for a minute and move down to dead ends and, and just come back to leads as we come up with more. I think we probably will need a couple more. But um, so yeah, so, lots of people doing drugs. Go ahead. For 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 the thing the thing is is that uh, if someone has been killed or even seriously injured, that's got to be something that's like covered up or stuffed in the background because yeah, otherwise it's not credible for why the thing hasn't been shut down yet. I think that there can be like uh, heavy drug use, maybe like some illicit sex. I don't know. And if you want to really go on the um, you know, have someone be like dead in the background or whatever then they've got to be like stuffed in a closet or something and like over the course of the event it's like the truck in um that movie about the restaurant where the truck is like it it, you see it at the start of the movie and then it gets open like near the very end and it's completely filled with rotting meat that's been rotting over the course of the entire film and the characters have to get inside it i don't know a movie that is i don't remember but it was super long and um kind of unfocused but it was was all right it was kind of like a, a cool um like almost like a horror movie but not oh, really is it is it called rotten no so i just googled it and i'm just trying to figure so, it out because i want to know what the hell it is so what if the visual distortion because I, I think we said we think it's going to get like worse what if it starts out with mundane stuff like you know it it uh maybe sort of appears to one of the models and like they trip or like they get kind of distracted and like so they like have a bad you know walk on the runway or you know, like it starts doing sort of mundane stuff as it interacts with the world. Uh, and then that could get worse up to like maybe, you know, it trips the model off the stage. You fall down and it's like seriously hurt, which I wouldn't stop the show, but would be like would cast a pall over it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to take that and uh, slap it right down on top of the previous thing. There's like a body stuffed in the closet somewhere. And as the body decays, the phantom becomes more and more visible. Ooh, it's like almost like a haunting. It's like a reverse um, Dorian Gray. I like that a lot. What about instead of a closet? It's like because a closet could be easy to find by accident. Do we, would, do we want it to be easy to find by accident, or should it be like? Um, you know, it should be a place that the that into something or. Well, so 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 here's the thing about like the specific geography of where it is is that if it's in a closet, it's not going to be easy to find by accident because unless you map out every area of the building and the players say, "I look in that closet," it's not actually easy to find. It can be as easy or hard to find as you want, but I do take your point, which is that it should be somewhere that's more interesting. Uh, remember yeah. um, the story I told the other week about the Nissan executive that smuggled himself out in the like full-size yeah, speaker things. Yeah. Make it be one of those trunks. Yeah, a big suitcase. That'd be that'd be fucking the big the big speaker trunks because you have like speaker like imagine like a fashion show where they have like the huge speakers that are there. Um, maybe I'm thinking more like a rock concert than a fashion show, but maybe that's like a theme for the show. Yeah, maybe there. It can. It doesn't. I don't know though, because I um, where where the other thing is not only where 
uh, what container should it be, but also where do we want it to be? Do we want it to be like, like in dressing room or something? Because if that's the case, then it um, could still be like a big suitcase, but not a speaker case. Plus, if the body's in a suitcase, it doesn't have to be in one piece. It can be like in chunks. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe oh, 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 that could that could be a clue that the that as the thing develops, you realize that it's like contorted into the shape of a cube. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, weird, the weird visual position. distortion is a cube. Yeah, it's not a cube. It's a dude, but the dude's in the shape of a cube. Right. Because his body's all fucked up, and I mean, it doesn't have to be just a regular old person. It can be like really fucked up. You know, if it's if it's in something that's somewhat mobile, like say it's in a, a big rolling roadie case, um, then a potential dead end could be that the case just keeps getting moved, and that could simply be because I think players would jump at that as like foul play, but it could just be the fact that that crap moves around all the time. Well, um, do do we think that the fun is to chase it around, or the fun is to like figure out who's connected to the mystery and search their room? I think like finding it is like you want the finding it to happen. That's a good creepy moment. So finding out who did it is cooler than just finding it, right? Agreed. All right, so I'm going to put under leads that there is a. Um, let's for now say in one piece. If, if we have a reason to make it multiple pieces later again i'm gonna say that oh oh there's a body maybe maybe go ahead not finish what you're saying i'm gonna type this and we'll discuss if they if like the person who did it is also experiencing like the the dream and it's like the dream is the person that's in the suitcase or whatever yes um like they they start to get guilty like they start to get guilty so they chop it up and they put it into like another suitcase because they're like they move it entirely i love love the idea of the, the dream syndicate one of the clues being that um, they're dreaming that they're the body. In half the dreams, they're the phantom. Oh, and God. To the body. That's good. Yeah, put and that in so, creepy moments, I guess, because it's a dream that the agent's going to have since this is probably going to be a multiple-day investigation. Oh, I like that because it's like it's almost like the Raymond Chandler thing where two separate cases are actually the same case. Now it's like two different dreams have popped up on this website. One of them we positively identified to here. Go check it out. And then it turns out the second dream is actually connected to I like the word phantom. Why don't we just call it a phantom? I like that. It's not, it's not the phantom of the opera. It's the phantom of the fashionista. Phantom of yeah. fashion week. A fashion <laughs> phantom. Yeah, okay. So phantom is a good... I'm, so I'm going to capitalize that P. Um, all right, so let's move down to dead end. So I, I think I think folks doing drugs... I mean, I'm not sure players are going to investigate that, or at least not... You know, maybe maybe they think illegal. that like the drugs are like it's if they're hallucinogenics. Ooh, what if it's not? What what if it's not disposing of drugs? The folks are doing like a new designer drug that's causing like causing issues, like hallucinations or seizures. It's yeah, and see, seizures is good. Um, hallucinations are good too. Hallucinations is good, but um, like it's it's some shit. Like when there's a lot of people consuming it, that is. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of like a, a wave. A wave is that really? Is it related to the the phantom? Well, saying this no, is no a, it's a dead end. end so it's okay. Not, okay. Yeah. Good. Like you know, everybody who does what is it? Who sells? Was LSD? Everybody sees machine elves. Like everybody who does this drug sees the same thing. But if they if the players investigate it, it's just not what they're seeing. So it's like you know. So it truly is unrelated. Okay. No, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling other it. Other dead ends. So like one of the examples that the book gives is the dead end is that the person has a weird religion. Not not weird. Century isn't weird. Um, it's just like suspect to people who are looking yeah. for like occult type things. Like, so I mean, a lot of a lot of the folks who could be who could potentially be like some of the roadies or the help could be foreigners. So there could be like a I don't, I don't want to lean back on um, voodoo again, 
uh, but I want maybe there's like a you know a group of these people have come in from you know from another country and have their own you know thoughts or own. Uh, oh, what if there's a protest? Like you know how people protest the use of fur? Yeah, fur. I don't think that they. I think like because of those, like I think those protests have actually worked, and like a lot of people at the fashion week shows design like cruelty free clothing now or whatever. That could play into the fact that this the uh, phantom oh, oh, harming oh, the models the, the new thing that people protest is um clothes designed in sweatshops yeah so then so that so then so then a bunch of people might write off the phantom is just like a, a, a stunt from the protesters you know what i mean oh they're right. just trying to get in here with like they got a laser pointer up on the rafters and they're just trying oh, to oh, oh okay i got it i got it the um the company that uh one of the fashion designers uh works or like uses like a lot of people died in the factory and so, like a lot of the protest signs just have like pictures of like dead people from the factory. Yeah. How many more bodies will it take? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and write right. this. So down. I think I think two dead ends is plenty for the agents to get trapped, uh, trucked up on, trucked up on. That's not a word. Now, Max, I know that you have um, to, you've talked about it before, and I might be like uh, mis misquoting you here, but you you said that when you do dead ends, they should also kind of help to reveal something else about the investigation uh, or it was something along those lines, right? So what I said was that it's fine to have red herrings that are deliberately created by other characters in the game world. Okay. I do remember that because it was in who killed the case officer and it was yes. someone trying to like clean their, uh, or like cover their own tracks. Right. So what are some other creepy moments? I think um, maybe players realizing that the images are, can be captured on film could be a creepy moment. Um. So I like where we're going with this. Um, is it jumping the gun for creepy moments to s ask, like, what does this creature... We, we, we've established that it's a poltergeist that fucks with people? Yeah. Okay. Is there a way to make that punchier? Because I, I kind of think that just a boring old ghost is a bit, you know, blasé. And this is a fashion show, so we got to constantly be going for, like, the avant-garde. Well, I was thinking... This might be... I, I don't want to jump... Through, well... I was thinking about a potential resolution. Maybe that'll help, but maybe the only way the agents can stop this is to let it complete a walk down the runway, which is like, Oh, like, that's like it's horrifying. And who would want to let that happen? But so maybe that's I, I have not the, what they have to do. The, the, so is that like your ultimate climax? You have to try and clear the room or turn everybody away. Or like, <laughs> it, or like it needs an audience. You have to figure out a way to like make this not, you know what I mean? Like how about the, the person that's dead? It was like, um, they're up and coming. Like this was going to be like their first show, but they were like hot shit. Like they were going to be like, like new, a new model that everyone was really looking forward to. Um, and like, this is all they wanted, like their whole life. So it was like just sheer force of will that they're like manifesting in the world. And the fact that they're not there, that's a, that's another lead is that there's one of these people that are missing and maybe the manager was covering it up. And maybe like older, maybe they do like a, an old search. They'll find that there was like early promo material featured this person. And the person's nowhere to be found. That's that's lead. I, I like like a missing new model as a lead. I'm I'm gonna throw what I said in the resolution. And we'll see if it if it still works when we get down there. Um, I do I do think Max on the right track with how do we make this how do we make this punchier. Um, so we should definitely try to keep. I that think in yeah, ghost the ghost. Because um, one of the things that I remember criticizing one of your snares for is that it's hard to do the escalation of the ghost in Witch Hill because the the second it kills someone, like they're going to shut down the whole show and that's going to be the end. So right, what can this it one isn't do? a malevolent spirit. Um, if it's not malevolent, then why do we care? Like it needs to be. Um, 
it, it doesn't need to be malevolent, but it needs to be harmful somehow. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. That's a good like, way of phrasing it. It may have, like, some desire to... It may, may, maybe it's it's a spirit of great vanity that needs to attach itself to these famous people being photographed and so on. Who knows uh, what a good way to handle this would be. But why... Why is it bad that it's it's um, manifesting more and more? Why should we dread its apparition? Is it like um, it's not like Hellraiser? Because I know in Hellraiser, every time someone got killed to feed the guy, he got more and more like blood vessels and meat on his bones. But uh, what happens when this thing manifests? When I, originally, I was I was thinking I mentioned briefly like it's it starts out just being a nuisance and becomes you know. More, more and more uh troublesome like what between like you know knocking people over or you know pushing somebody into a you know um pushing a model who's doing their hair you know into a sink and get electrocuting them like things like that you're right you're right that like dropping a body would be pretty bad so we can, we either need to save that for like a really short time frame climax where there isn't time to shut it down like it's too late or it needs to ramp up without a shutdown but, event. but if it's like i mean like you were saying uh you know it they're doing their hair and it pushes them into a sink. What if they're just like fucking up other people's like outfits? That's like one thing it could do. Just like uh, the outfits are getting ripped in half or something. Is that what we're doing right now? Are we on step six events or step seven trouble and interruptions? Uh, well, I think it's, I mean, we, we want creepy moments, I think, but we can maybe let's go down to events and see. Cause I think we talked about, let's make this really easy by saying, hopefully, um, We'll say it's like a six night event, like it's a Monday with a culmination on a Saturday. That's like the big night. So an agents show up on they'll say like Wednesday. Wednesday. So they have four like four essential like four sessions essentially, four nights to try to figure this out. What actually goes on during New York Fashion Week? Because I've gotta admit I mean, I'm a little ignorant here. I've never even heard of this thing. I mean, it's, I mean, well, so one, obviously, if we're going to use a scenario, if we're going to write a scenario based on write a real thing, you should do some Google searching ahead of time, but right. we're doing a lot. But what I picture is, you know, a, a ton I'm of looking at the schedule right now, like, you know, events all day in a bunch of places. And each night is like a culminating event for that night. And I think okay. the phantom is only going to be a problem that this phantom is only going to be a problem where it is in like the main show, main stage. So I'm going to cut in here just to say a fashion week is like, a bunch of different fashion houses and design studios do their own shows like in sequence, like over a couple of days. Yeah. So it's a different location every day, just about. And it looks like they also are showcasing not only just brands, but also like certain styles. Like I'm seeing one here. It's like uh, uh, men's fall where uh, this one is denim. Another one is like uh Right, you've then I'm, you've you creeped me out. I'm putting in a creeping moments. So how about this, um, Jake? In response to your earlier suggestion, I think it was you, Jake, who said that maybe the container should be moved around, or maybe it was you, Kevin. If the yeah. if it's something that is uh, it takes place at multiple locations, then it would definitely need to be a, a container that was mobile somehow. It could be either something that was always you know put in someone's uh, like dressing room or whatever, or it could be a speaker container. Doesn't matter, but it does need to. Yeah. It does need to be something that is moved around somehow. But uh, one thing that this opens up an opportunity for is that people, if if one of us knew a whole lot about like cool New York locations, we could have like a cool, unique set piece for each day of the show at the location. Yeah, definitely. What if the um, what if there was some sort of new technology, uh, even like, even if something gimmicky, like 
this year you can watch the live stream in 3D because we have this, you know, new tech we brought. We're bringing it to every every place. We're gonna, you know, film it in 3D. You're gonna get like a bird's eye view with a special new camera, and that's, that's cool. The, that's the equipment case this thing is stuffed into. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you just solved the thing, our our problem that is. Why? Okay. Why? Why is it? But but now that implies something about the person who's doing that. So who is it that is got this case, and why are they wandering around with a corpse? Look, it could be. Um, I mean, it could, simply, could simply be a convenient place for the killer, so to speak, to have put the body. Um, no, but this this is this is me asking you. Yeah. You have you have you have uh, put yourself in a situation where now you must describe to me who it is that has done this and why. Because well, now we'd have to define like who the killer is. Well, yeah, because if you if you have come up with a very strong um, or very well defined uh, narrative reason for the container to be there, that instantly creates the question of okay, who among the special camera team is it that is uh, complicit in this facade? Who is it? Yeah, that sure. I mean, I, is I guess we were going to figure out who put the spot in the suitcase if we do use a suitcase. The role yeah, is just figure out. Needed to find the killer. My my suggestion for the the victim was that they were like a new up and coming model. Maybe the killer is someone who is about to lose the starlight. You know, like someone who's afraid of being pushed out. They're they're a boomer, and the the dead body's a zoomer. So it should be that, but it could also be like some kind of sorcerer or sorceress who is disgusted by the other character's vanity. Yeah, so I like that. So, what if this new new technology that they're using uh, has a way is is going to unmask the sorceress, right? Because she uses like a, I say like a glamour to do her to be beautiful and stay in the game, and this new technology will see through that. So, by putting the body into it, she's going to discredit the new technology, and we'll be able to use it. I think thinks. that I, I'm I'm genuinely not sure what the mechanism you're describing here is. So, first of all, describe how the technology that you're describe what the technology that you have established here in the fiction universe does. It's just I, I would just try for a, some something that would need to be at every event. You know, some okay. gimmick in that case, yeah, filmed in you like, know Plexovision or whatever it is. In the, in that case, we can like like I like you know we don't know that much about I think among this group about audio technology and video technology, but it's not difficult for us to come up with something that would have to be at every place. Yeah. Um. You know, just but but it can't be too it can't be too conspicuous because. Um, or I mean, it can't be too conspicuous, but like, if it's a, if it's a container, it has to be like one of containers that hold the actual thing that we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like what I come up. I like the idea that I come up with about if this is the work of a someone who's being pushed out, or what Jay came up with, being pushed out, and that this new person uh, put in the body somewhere such to discredit whatever is going to happen uh, and keep this old person kind of in the game, so to speak. I I. I... I'm not sure I I I see the connection though because putting the body in the in the, the purpose of putting the body in a thing is not to discredit it's to cause the body to decay and make it disappear. Is it? I mean it could be. Yeah. But it could also be some sort of a dramatic reveal where the, you know, the Oh, like the body, like it's, the a, it's a statement about the fashion industry. <laughs> or like the body is discovered and then all of a sudden you can't, you know, well that techn- you know, it'll black it'll blacklist that company or that whatever it is. And they'll never, you know, never work in this industry again. It's a scandal, and this person can keep doing what they're doing. It might be a, a bit of a reach. I'm just trying to game it out. I'm, I, 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 I'm gonna um, gently suggest that the subplot about the technology company being blackballed is. I, mean, I think, I think that would have to be unless, unless, unless you're dead set on this, that would have to be the primary thing this scenario was about. That's not anything. I like the idea of including like a sorceress type, but we need to figure out. A, I like I like her, and I like the idea that she she so so the the two the two conflicting 
motivations for the character are disgusted by the vanity of everyone else or wants to stay in the game. And I'm wondering if we can marry those two. So this lady is, or, or she can be a dude, it doesn't matter. Uh, this The perpetrator is going to get rid of the rest of them. And maybe the victim, the one in the box, is uh, the one who's disgusted by the vanity. Or it could be vice versa. Would it be interesting, or would it be cliche if the thing, if if the polter, if the phantom was actually because it it knows what the evil person's going to do, so it, when it like pushes the model off the runway and, and injures them, it's actually saving their life for something else. Is that cliche, or would that be an interesting twist? Um, it's an interesting twist, but I think that we are veering into everything is fine if you do nothing territory, and I know that you said you want to avoid doing that. Yeah. So so let, let's run back through. Let's run back to the to the to the handler's guide advice and try to see where we're where we're missing. Yeah, let's maybe maybe that. it's more so, straightforward than we're thinking. So we so we have some events um, now. So we, we know fashion week happens in multiple places, and that can be good for set pieces. We could also easily have these not all be like a culminating event each night in the same place if we need it to be. I think that's easy. That's the easiest thing to do because I don't feel like mix like if you have it at multiple places you have to mix and match and like compare who is where at what time and all that right yeah. so so why don't we just set it all in the same venue um, in over over multiple days because that we can always make we can always make it more complex it's easy to start small though oh I I I, I don't have any objection to right to saying it should be more complex because I wasn't under the impression we were going to actually have to develop this out into a full scenario right what I'm saying like as advice to people who might write something. If we get it working in the same venue, we can probably make it work in six different venues if we have six cool set piece ideas. Yeah. Or if we hire ourselves to six to a different venue and only have three ideas, we're stuck. I think so. that we may be be um, running up against the flaws that we identified in the method earlier about how it doesn't necessarily dis- it has leads and it has cool set pieces, but it doesn't necessarily have the ways to the the way to tie everything together. So what are some other events? So we have six nights, but I think I think the events are the poltergeist, the the phantom uh, doesn't kill people but causes issues. And so and when they talk about events, they talk about what are the other NPCs and other th- other threats doing. So obviously we have you know the reporter and the influence or the influencer and the reporter are trying to do things like sneak in, get ev- get evidence, you know, rabble rouse. I think that we should compress the timeline a little because I think that having it be six nights long is is just belaboring it yeah and that's I, fine I, we can always move things to the right you know yeah and i mean i would i would say advice for if someone was actually going to write this i would play test it and just shorten the time as needed and then see what works if players need more time you give them more dates if they don't you shorten it down um so i'm just trying to come up with a couple other potential events what's the worst thing what's the worst thing the this threat can do that won't cause won't reasonably cause the whole place to just get shut down and swarmed by real police um, everyone has their cameras out trying to catch a glimpse of it. It's like an accidental death where it's like, and I pretend I'm air quoting clearly an accident. Like somebody, you know, falls, you know, somebody falls off the stage and gets like, you know, injures themselves or dies. Might not shut everything down. It would just shut down probably that night, you know, cause it, you know, wouldn't be that. But whereas if it's like somebody gets like burned or gruesomely, that would be a bigger deal. I, I think that sort of the trouble we're running into is that, um, having stuff happen inside the play area, like inside the show is very obviously attributable to something at the show and would cause the show to stop being a show. So, you know, this, because the solution I would think is if, is if you want this thing to go out and start murdering people and not have the show get shut down, just have it go out on the streets in the middle of the night and, you know, knife people in the dark, but do it somewhere that's not forensically traceable back to the, to the drama house. 
Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with the, with the the potential motivations we have for this thing. Right, because then 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 um, whether she's punishing vanity or eliminating competition, it wouldn't actually um, you know it it yeah. you know what else you know what we could do though. Um, what are some ways that are not like that wouldn't get the show shut down? Would someone dying of a heroin overdose get the show shut down? Okay, so now we have an idea of and we, and it uses our existing the existing established element of the hard drugs. Who yeah. would know it, that it was a heroin overdose? Like people would probably with the money involved, uh, an ambulance would be called, and then that person would be rushed away, and no one would really be given any answers. But yeah, happened. so so that 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 that's good. All the killings that this creature is committing are covered up somehow, or that it's doing them in ways that that appear deniable, but not so deniable that agents can't find it. It should be very, they should all be super suspicious, but not suspicious in a way that would cause law enforcement to investigate. Yeah. And I mean, there is a certain there is a certain you know money talks, and this is a big deal for the city. So it's, not that it things get overlooked, but things there could there could be a certain element of look when everything's done, a couple of days we can investigate all you want. We just have to get everything you know finished here. And if you have a really you know high power manager whose bodyguard is you know part of the NYPD, you could you could delay an investigation a, sh- a short time. That's good. I wrote that down on troubles and interruptions. You know, if agents get too close. I just said too close, but you know, too close to whatever manager uses old NYPD connections to try and distract agents. So I think one of the things we should put under events, I think the the either the influencer or the reporter should kind of get should kind of get onto the scent a little bit and and cause some trouble, especially if the agents are trying to be low key. You know, having the that sounds like a issue. trouble or interruption though. It could be a trouble. All right, so let's look at troubles and interruptions. I like I like troubles and interruptions as a, as like a lever you can throw to either slow the players down or speed the players up like so if they're too slow then you know the then like the influencer or whatever could could find the next clue or move the things forward and if they're doing too fast they could be stymied by the reporter like breaking into a room or you know trying to steal the cctv footage and that like you know causes a shutdown of the back area or something i like that um it's really good yeah they might try to tail the agents because they think that the agents know something and they want to know what it is too yeah, how, like like the influencer, they're doing everything for clout. I mean, that's the, obviously yeah. got to be it, you know. I like the the idea that given the agents a tail that they can't just kill means th- yeah, they can't kill yeah, because they're, they're always on live, like they're yeah. always like live streaming, even in the bathroom, like that gamer. You're talking about Doctor Disrespect, <laughs> yeah, banned. literally a pro gamer move. <laughs> Watch these children pee. And I'm banned from conventions. Uh, Dr. Disrespect is a bad person because he cheats on his wife, but that's another. Oh, he did that too, like at a uh, at a gamer award show or something. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad person for a lot of reasons. Let's, hey, who, let's who, do our after show about. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Have we, have we supplanted imaginary um, fashion drama with real life e celeb drama? I mean,. It, you know, it, it takes it help. It helps to make like a scenario the more. The power alive. of this malevolent from the headline. Just even here. What if? Yeah. What if it's not influenced over there? A Twitch streamer. A Twitch streamer at a fashion and, show, and they're just always yeah. They're doing it for the lulls. You know, they have they have one of those things. No, like, this if you is donate, more like a Logan Paul listen, thing. Listen, then, if you donate five bucks, the little speaker will say whatever you donate for. So it's running around being like, "Show me your titty." Like, fuck, no. fuck her right in the pussy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. It sounds more like Logan Paul than Doctor's Disrespect at this point. Oh, but there's no suicide forest for you to film yeah. a body so in. So let's leave it as influencer, but that could be a fun twist on it. Yeah. Um, so resolution, right? If this thing just wants to get rid of its competition and then walk the runway, 
Like that might be an interesting problem. So getting rid of competition will just happen. And the, all the players can do is try to minimize like how much damage is done. If that's all there is, then it becomes a scenario where you just wait for the monster to finish and wander away. But if in order to like dispel this phantom, it needs to like do its walk one time in front of a crowd. That's an interesting problem for the agents to have to solve, you know, because they could do they could like dress it up and say, like say this is the, you know the latest. This is like a you know a, um, like a public affairs stunt where this like creepy looking you know like you know zombie zombie you know chic zombie chick chic zombie chic or something. Um, maybe try to get away with it that way. They could try to clear the place out and do it. So, so I think I see, I see a couple possible resolutions that would that would allow them. Oh, that's to stop that's that. a really fun resolution. Is that they have to convince people that this is fashion and it's just like <laughs> like Walking Dead like clothing. Yeah. I mean, have you seen like Kanye West clothing line where it's like all yeah, the clothes exactly. that have like a bunch of holes and shit in it? Yeah. So like that's a fun one. They they have to like rig their own like show so that the phantom walks. <laughs> Like they, it's they, weekend at Bernie's is what it is. Yeah. How does how does that get communicated to the to the players? That's the question. You, you have to have clues inserted in there. Maybe that's an event about like you know whenever they find the person's body, you know maybe they find their best friend and their best friend talks about them wanting like nothing more than to walk or you know like th- that that's something you have to communicate throughout the oh, thing with be, other clues. That can be the dreams can tell that. Oh when yeah, the, when the dreams aren't. You stuck it's it's in, a first person view of them walking the runway. Yeah, and like as you dream, you feel this like as you walk down the runway, you feel like more and more elated and like you know free and like that's good. Dream, yeah, because we already have it. Should be the to put those I think together. it should be you're having an awesome time until you look down and realize you're a corpse. Well, we want we want the corpse it, yeah. to walk across the screen uh, across the stage, right? Yeah. So it, it should be that, so that like we want to communicate that the corpse walking across the stage is like a desired end goal, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm just adding this to the shared dream lead about a person in a specific outfit, certain specific dress, walking the runway. Did we sorry, did we write down that the 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 ghost is killing people um and disguising it as Yes. Yeah. Under events, yeah. If, if we were gonna go all the way, we'd wanna tie those events to a timeline to help somebody running it like, you know, do it. I think if I was doing this one, I would have gone off in the other direction, which would be having each of the fashion, like each of the models be a wizard and managed by a wizard and just having it be like that. But I'm glad that we went in this direction instead. If it's New York, you could easily insert like a fake connection. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's like, if you really want to do a Delta Green Lord, you can have like one, like like the the perpetrator be like, um, what was her name? Uh, Megan Brennan. Megan Brennan is the one that, that, yeah, is the one that that everyone always goes to when they need like a lady fate. Although um, there's supposed to be another one in Reverberations, but that never got actually written up. But yeah, that she she's um, and and she would actually be a good pick because uh, she is described in the original text. As, this is this is like a deep dive, but described in the original text as being very attractive, but like really not giving a shit about any like physical stuff because all she wants to do is accumulate wizard power. Right. So she would be the one if if we were going with like the disgusted by vanity angle, that would be her. But then she'd have to have some other motivation. Motivation, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not. You don't have to be like lore compliant. You could just make up your own neophyte and be like, yo, they were a wizard, but then the fate got fucked up and they decided to do the fashion game instead. And they're having to learn all this on their own. That's why they're not like the best at it. So I'm gonna add a step ten here after. Co- so for the cover up, I just put it was fashion all along. Um, but for I'm gonna add a step ten here um, because I by God, I think we've actually created like the outline of a of a scenario that, that could work um so that's really good obviously you need to actually 
write this up in a way that is you know readable and stats and other thing but i think step 10 is like other things you could add to this so like a fake connection you know like um like kind of like a, maybe like an a la carte menu almost like a fake connection you could do like just different delta green inspired hooks well like you could split the events into different different places and create different set pieces to be different set pieces you could flesh out like like you could you could play this as the person was killed and it was just purely um a, a jealousy thing or you could have them killed by like a legit sorceress with a bunch of magic and like other magical things but like you wouldn't necessarily need that and i would almost say like play test it as is like do some of the work do some more work on it and clean it up but then like play test it as is and see what see what works and doesn't work and then like on the rewrite add in some other stuff if you wanted to yeah uh yeah step nine it was fashion all along but it does feel like uh step nine a lot of that the cover-up is just like things that the agents have done like they need to like dust their own trail off yeah like the, the, the agents will provide most of that the only like real thing that you might have to cover up here is like what to do with the corpse in the suitcase I wonder um, maybe uh, exposing the corpse itself is just to make the fandom go away because it's like pointing out how ugly the ugly on the inside is on the inside. Yes. But the alternative, the alternative, if you want a more mechanistic way of doing it, is um, because the phantom grows more powerful as the corpse decays. You just like you can. Um, there's there's a couple things you can do. You can put it in a freezer. You could vitrify it which is where you cut into the slices and dip the slices in wax so that they never decay. You could do like Lennon's body, but then you'd have to have like someone come out every day and massage it. Those are all really creepy, man. Yeah, that's why I'm choosing them. I know, I like it. I'm just <laughs> horrified. <laughs> just sitting here with my mouth. My mouth keeps like dropping lower and lower. Is it Lennon's body or mouse that gets the regular like corpse rubs? I don't know. I, don't I honestly have that. no idea, man. I'm tired of corpse jokes. I don't think opening the suitcase stops a phantom. I think, but I think maybe it. You know what? You know what I like though. I like this idea that because the, if the players haven't realized that um, the corpse decaying and the photo undecaying, uh, they're gonna like be like, "Yo, let's just destroy the corpse." If you destroy the corpse, that should bring it to like full. Yeah, that should, exactly. Like, bring it, yeah, full power. That's good. Yeah. That, so that's that, like a that's, bad uh, ending. One of our- like our baked in uh, preventing uh, kill everyone and burn, burn everything. In the building down. Yeah. Are you, are you tapping that now? Yeah. Are so, we going to post this link when we oh, post we, the we episode? Have to. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think, you know, I think I was harsh on this uh, way to create a scenario when we first talked about it. And I think going through it, it there's a lot more to it. It All it gives you is an outline. But if you went in and really fleshed each of these out, you know, fleshed out some PCs and did a play test and like, you know, got tied some more things together, like you've got a pretty good thing there. We took us like an hour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Here, here's here's the title, and I'm gonna sp- spin this to you guys uh, based on a joke from Tom Waits' Big Time tour. Um, he goes, he was t- he was like doing a bit about. It. He's like, oh yeah, I saw the porno theater. You know, it's the porno theater. It's got like you know three X's, four X's. This one had seven X's. Girls without skin. Jesus Christ. Um, I do just want to give mention to the patron who was the that that answered the call last minute. And Kevin, you mispronounced their name already, right? I already did, but uh, I'm happy to say uh, thank you to uh, this uh, this gentleman, Fruity. And he mentioned that it's in a game he's running now. So I'm actually, I'm really curious what's happening in the game you're running now. By the time you hear this, is, your game should have finished up. So what happened in your game? Get, get back in touch with us and let us know. I'm very curious. Oh, um, this reminds me of a line from a brand new song. The, it's just like a repeated 
uh, thing and think, God damn it, you look so lovely, but you sound, you sound, you sound so ugly. I do like uh, Girls Without Skin better, though. You can have that as an alt title, it's fine. You look so lovely, but you sound so ugly. All right, so I think... Uh... That's it. I mean, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Pretty yeah, much. That was fun. That was, it was really that fun. fun. We, should, we should do this more often. I, I agree. Yeah, I want to do uh, this again. Um, or well, like, I, I could see Mel Ember taking this and running with it and do it. Yeah, Max, if you want to, go ahead, bro. I'll think about it. Well, I almost want to. Yeah, yeah. I would either do that or I would love to see what other people think. If somebody looks at this and actually writes something up, I'd love to see it. Yeah, because the thing is, it's not. It's not like it. a fair test for me. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying we should post the link, but make it to where it's commentable so people could add comments to the document if they will, wanted to. I will, I will change that, yeah. Well, so um, I don't want to. I don't want it to be me that does it because I'm someone who already, like, if I do it, it's just going to be another melon bread scenario. It's not going to be yeah. a true test of the format. Yeah, so when we release this episode, let's post another call. If you if you want to try your hand at writing a scenario, take our outline. Hell, take what you like, throw out what you like, write something up, send it, send it over to us, and we'll uh, we'll tell you what we think. And if you want to, you know, run it on the Night of the Opera Discord and see what people think. So I've turned around quite a bit on the uh, the handles guide advice.